0: A lot of talent. Uh, it's good to be here with you to, uh, this morning, and uh, I went to see the doctor Friday. I started getting something that I usually get every year, and I said I'm not waiting till it's too late. So I went and got a shot and everything. You know, the first thing he asked me, he said, "Have you been around any sick people?" And I said, "A whole church was sick Sunday." <laughs> he said, "Well, there you go." <laughs> But anyhow, it's it's good to be here uh, today, and uh, my wife wanted uh, to come, we had a bunch of men at our house uh, yesterday, and she wanted to get the trailer emptied so uh, I could take it back to Henderson Monday, and uh, so that's what she's doing today, cleaning out our trailer so I can take it back tomorrow to uh, Henderson and get some things that's there to finish up our house. So anyhow... Open your Bibles, if you will, to Acts chapter 17. Thank you once again for allowing me to come and be here with you uh, uh, today. uh, I do consider it a privilege, and I thank you for this opportunity. I want to uh, invite your attention to Acts chapter 17. I want to read verses 15 through 21. Now, uh, what I'd like for you to consider, and I know... Probably a lot of you think about this a lot, but a babbling preacher and a strange gospel. A babbling preacher and a strange gospel. And before I finish, that may be what y'all think I'm doing this morning is babbling, but uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Babbling. Begin reading in verse 15 of Acts chapter 17. Verse 15. They that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy for it to come to him with all speed. They departed. Now while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to adultery. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. And certain philosophers of the Ephraians and of the Stochas encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others, some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preaches unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Aroa's saying, May we know that what this new doctrine, whereof thou speakest, is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athens and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this another opportunity that you've given us to meet together here in this capacity. I thank you for those that are here today. I thank you for those that have been sick and afflicted for you healing their bodies and restore them to the much needed health. We thank you once again for those that have returned back to your services as well. We thank you for this privilege that we just have to meet together in this capacity. I ask, Father, that you'd grant me the freedom to proclaim the truths of the unsearchable truths of your word. And I pray, Father, as your spirit works in the lives and the hearts of everybody here today, that every decision made might be pleasing to you. And each thing said and done might exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank you and I praise you in the name of our Jesus. Amen. Amen. We too live in a world that has rejected the great and mighty God. Jeremiah had something to say about that. It's because the heart of man is deceitful above all things. But he went on to describe it in a little more de- detail and said desperately wicked. And that's kind of the society that we live in today today. The way Jeremiah described it, but desperately wicked. And Isaiah said that all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We too live in a world that counts the gospel of Christ as strange and foreign. But we're not the first to experience this kind of words or that would discourage us, sometimes word that's not very complimentary of the things that we're trying to do. But we're not the first ones to experience this. Years ago, and man by the name of Paul, preached, and they dubbed him a babbler and called his message strange. And we find the same thing to be true today, folks. Not much has changed. But I want us to notice some things Paul preached. And then maybe identify with this congregation. Mocker, procrastinator, or a believer. And it is my prayer this morning that each of us, will believe and be believers and not mockers and not procrastinators. Paul preached commitment is more than curiosity in verse 21. The Athenians were intellectually curious. They spent their time telling or learning some new things. And that's what we see in verse 21. Folks, unfortunately, a lot of our churches, a lot of our preachers, and a lot of our congregations, that's what we're finding today. Hearing some new things, or wanting to know about some new things. New thoughts, new ideals. This folks is helping their philosophy Philosophers learn to doubt the Bible. Our children, our young people that's going to colleges all over the world. That's all they're hearing. New things, new thoughts, anything that would disrespect the word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's unfortunate that our young people, many of our young people, and high school children, when they go off to college, when they come back home, you don't see them anymore because of the things that they've learned from all the colleges that they attend. Now, any preacher or college professor who doubts the word of God needs to be avoided because they're professors of fussy, fuzzy facts. Paul's message was not curiosity, but Commitment to the word of god folks i'm not curious about the book of genesis i'm not curious but i'm committed because god's word said in the beginning god and that's good enough for me god created the heavens and the earth i'm not curious about those things i am committed to the unsearchable truths of god's word i'm not curious about the whether the bible is the infallible, inspired Word of God. When you look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, I am committed to the Word of God. I'm not curious about whether it's true or not. I'm not curious about whether it's infallible or not. I'm not curious about whether God uh, is the inspired writer of the Bible. I'm committed to it. And folks, I believe what the Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration and in God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There is no, understand, no men or women that's infallible. We're all sinners, and Jeremiah said, We are desperately wicked. And unfortunately, that is so true about the society that we live in as, as well. And I'm not curious about something else. Now, I know we celebrate this time of year the birth of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful thing. But not only are we celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not curious about this. I am committed not only to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but his virgin birth. And that is so very important. And we live in a world now that a lot of churches, a lot of preachers say, well, big deal. The virgin birth is not important. Folks, it is a big deal because without the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got nothing. I mean literally nothing. You've got no Savior. You've got no Redeemer. And He's also God. You've got nothing. All you've got is a sinful man that says, I died and paid our sin debt. The virgin birth of our Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. And I'm not curious about that, folks. I am committed to the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His sinless life. And he did, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. He lived a sinless, perfect life. Nobody else on the face of that's ever been born of a woman can say that. He lived a sinless life and is also a substitutionary death. I'm not even curious about his resurrection, folks. I'm committed to his resurrection. I'm committed to his substitutionary death on the cross at Calvary. His virgin birth and his sinless life that he lived In this world today. And we need to be committed to that as well. Not curious about it. But committed to it. Nor am I curious about the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, that is a wonderful thing. And I know I've said it before, but we know that he died. There's eyewitnesses to the fact that he died on the cross at Calvary. There's eyewitnesses to the fact that he was buried in, in, in a grave. And, folks, it was. Uh, we've got eyewitnesses to the fact that he was resurrected from the grave. And that is so very important. We do live in a time that we're looking forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm not curious about the resurrection. I'm not curious about the Lord coming again. I know that he's coming again. I'm just not sure when. But I know this. We can be ready for his coming. We can look forward to his coming. And folks, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't need to be curious about the things that I'm talking about. We need to be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and these things. These are just basic doctrinal teaching that we find in the Word of God. And the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ need to be sold out to these doctrines, to these teachings that we find in the infallible Word of God. Sixty-six books. We need to be sold out to every one of them. Folks, if we're also sold out to all of those things that I just talked with you uh, uh, about, if I'm committed to these things, as, as I mentioned, the, the Genesis account of Creation, the Bible as the infallible, the inspired word of God, the virgin birth of Christ, his sinless life, his subsidiary death, his resurrection from the dead, and especially the grand glorious return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We should also be committed to our tithes and offerings to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see so much of this in the Bible From Genesis to the book of Malachi, from Matthew to the book of Revelation, we find this taught. It wasn't just first taught in the law. We find that Abraham practiced it. And we find that the early disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ were instructed by the Lord Jesus Christ to teach this also. And folks, we can't go on. The churches of the Lord Jesus Christ can't go on without tithes and offerings from their people that love the Lord. And that's a part of this New Testament church. Yet we see a generation of people who are interested in nothing else but to tell or hear some new thing. We need to be like the guitar player, and I'm not sure what all that meant. I just remember reading it one time, who never moved his finger off the one position. Someone asked him why. He said, I found it. I found it. And when we find the truth of God's holy writ, We found it, folks. The Bible, the infallible, the inspired Word of God has what we need to live and to carry on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all this church needs to carry on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and to go forward. The inspired Word of God. This is not the time to be curious about the wild, the weird, and the way out. It's time to be committed To our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, safe and sensible, old time, all the time, now time, new time, any time, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. He's good any time and all the time, and he's good for us folks. Curiosity not only kill the cat, but it's about to bury your neighbor. Look in verse 22. And Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. We live in a world that's trying to find new things, new religions, new drinks, new entertainment. And folks, that's what we find in many of our churches today. It's not new entertainment that we need. It's the old gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we need today. There's not anything wrong with the old gospel hymns. There's not anything wrong with the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's not anything wrong with that. But we do need to be committed to that. Because if we're not, folks, our neighbors all around us are going to die and go to hell if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not committed to the Word of God and to His teaching. We need to get rid of curiosity and get committed to his plan for each and one of our lives. I don't know what he has planned for you folks, but I know one of his plans is it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Sometimes we think the word faithful means Sunday morning, but when the church votes to meet together, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whenever it might be, then God's people needs to come together and meet together and praise the holy and exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I understand that it's hard sometimes for some of us to get out at night. And I know I drive to Athens and my wife. Can you even see the road? I can. I just not always on the right side. <laughs> Listen, Paul preached religion religion is not separated from righteousness. Religion is not separated from righteousness. People of Paul's day believe they could have a religion that would not affect their lives. It's not possible, folks. I want you to notice verse 30 and verse 31. And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to, be, to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. For for, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men that he hath raised him from the dead. The Pharisees mocked him because their religion was external. And Jesus called them whited sepulchers. The Sadducees did not believe in angels or the resurrection. Any good thing like that. That's why they called him sad, you see. Called them sad, you see. Listen, folks, if we don't believe in angels, we don't believe in the resurrection or the truths we find in the word of God, then you need to be sad and you ought to be sad. The Stonics and Europeans were really atheists and would have gotten along fine with Madeline Madeline O'Hara before she was saved and washed in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul preached there is a change or there has never been a salvation experience. And I know a lot of people don't like to do that Said said, Preacher, I can go ahead and live the way I've always And No, that's not possible. Listen to what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Apostle Paul was considered a babbler. Because he believed if a porno magazine publisher was truly born again, then he would quit publishing porno magazine. He is also concerned, considered a babbler, because he believed that if a drumper, drunkard was born again, then he would leave the alcohol alone. And what am I saying, folks? That when you're saved and washed in the blood, Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is a change. That's going to take place immediately. And we cannot ever be the same person that we were once before. Brother uh, Don was talking about that. You'll get that one of these days brother. (laughs) Brother Don was talking about in his Sunday school lesson. Folks listen. In Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. When we're born again and saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, we have no desire to do the things we used to do before we were saved. Our lives have been changed forever. You can't have religion without Christianity. And when you've got Christianity, then your life is going to change. Can't help it, folks. Listen. Some mocked him and accused him of being a babbler. Some mocked and gave him a large, big, harsh laugh. But what's exciting about this is when you look in the Scripture in verse 34, some of them cleave. Unto Apostle Paul. Some of them were saved and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there were some that accused them of being a babbler. Yes, there were some and mocked him and said, We will hear of thee this matter later on. But thank God there are some that believe there are some that say not as many as they used to be. I remember when I was in Africa. And I, when I preached over there, it just seemed like uh, 15 to 20 people were, were saved. I mean, there was over 400 people that were saved those two weeks we were, uh, we were there. And it was exciting, but it did not happen here. I get excited if one person comes to know Jesus Christ as Savior of their soul. When you're out knocking doors and when you're out talking with the people about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exciting. But we can't quit. We can't give up because someone accuses us of being a babbler. Just keep on keeping on. Time and earth is definitely related to eternity. What we do upon this earth determines where we will live in eternity. Do you know the decision that you make in this life, whether you've been saved and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, will determine will you spend eternity? I had a bunch of men over at my house this week from the church in Alvin. The only reason they come is because I feed them. But my wife picked up some apple fritters. Y'all know about apple fritters? Yeah. And before I got to the table, they were all gone. And all of them denied any of them, said, no one said they had any. None of them ate it. Our next breath may be our last breath. And what we do in this life will determine where you spend eternity. James 4 and 14 says that our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You understand that? I called my daughter yesterday. Well, I texted my daughter yesterday. And I said, what does it mean when you got a hurting in your chest? but I said, the right side of the chest. And I I didn't even punch it, and it didn't seem like it got there. My phone was ringing. She says, what are you talking about? Your chest hurting. (laughs) My daughter works with heart specialists putting in stents. But when you cough up a storm, your chest tends to hurt. Listen, folks. God loves you. God cares about you, just like Apostle Paul (laughs) cared about these men. Otherwise, he wouldn't have continued to preach. Otherwise, he wouldn't have continued to teach the unsearchable truths of God's Word, even though they mocked him and ridiculed him and called him a lot of names. He continued to preach and to teach because of his love for the Lord Jesus Christ and a lost and dying world. And folks, I said that to say this. We can't quit and we can't give up doing what God saved us to do. Call this church to do. This is a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if a lost and dying world is going to be reached, it's going to be done by churches just like this. So supportive of missionaries all over this world. And I know you give almost 20%, if not more than that, to missions. Praise the Lord. Thank God for churches like this. Because souls are being saved all over the world because you are helping missionaries stay on the field and their families stay on the field. People need to understand that hell is hot and hell is for an eternity. We can't get around that. But heaven is a wonderful place. Heaven is a place where there's no more sorrow. There's no more tears. There's no more debt. There's no more sickness. None of those things, all of those things were left behind. Man has to choose which one you want. Heaven or hell. I don't know. When it finally dawned on me. I was older but thank God somebody cared enough to tell me about Jesus. And I received Christ as my personal savior. Sometimes you might be called a babbler. Don't worry about it. Those that's calling you a babbler and all those other names, their vote don't count about where you're going to spend eternity. It's like I told one preacher that was preaching there in Alvin. He called me the next day and he said, Brother Clem, I just blew it all last night, didn't I? And I said, it's not your call. What's a bad message and what's a good message? That's God's call. He's the one that determines that, not you. And it's not me that determines whether it's a good message or a bad message. It's God that determines that. He's also the same one that we want to answer to one of these days. We will have to answer to one of these days, good or bad. Jesus, Romans 8 and 18 said this. Paul said, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What we have to look forward to In the future, this world and this suffering that we might experience in this world is nothing compared to what we have to look forward to. And I know sometimes there's aches and there's pains, and sometimes there's sorrow and there's regrets and there's remorse. But, folks, all the things that we may experience in this world, nothing, nothing can compare with what we have to look forward to in heaven. And it's ours. And one of these days when we leave this world. We're going to join Jesus in heaven. Forever and ever and ever. Hope that you're looking forward to that. Hope that you have this hope. The hope of the Lord Jesus in your heart. If you don't. Now is a good time to do that. It's free. No charge. Where else can you go to get that? You can't go to Walmart. They got somebody there waiting on you to make sure you pay when you, before you leave. Don't they? You're not going to get anything free anywhere. You go to H-E-B. They want to make sure you pay. That's just a couple places I go. I can't even go buy gas without having to pay for it. First. But I've got something here. No charge. Free. And I don't care what your life is like. I don't care what it's been. I've heard people tell me, Preacher, you just don't understand what I am. I don't care. I'm not the one that's going to make the difference in your life. It's Jesus. And you know what he's going to do for you? When you're saved, He's going to forgive you and He's going to forget as far as the east is from the west what you have done in this life prior to the time that you were saved. Forget and washes your life pure and clean, never to remind you of them again. That's the kind of God that I have. That's the kind of God that when he forgave me, he can't remember the sins that I committed against him. And I'm so glad. Aren't you? So this morning as our song leader comes, our pianos come, and as we stand and we prepare this song of invitation, the greatest invitation